Hello and welcome back to the Grow and Grief podcast. This is Stephanie Fetterman and I have my son Stephen Wilkinson here with me today. Hello. So when I first started the podcast, I was talking to Stephen about it and he had asked me if we were just going to touch on grief in terms of losing, you know, a family member, a friend or like a person. And I explained to him that I wanted to touch on all different types of grief. So he brought to my attention sports grief and just the emotional toll it takes on him when he watches sports or even plays video games when his team loses or he loses in a video game. And I actually did some research and found that this is an actual legitimate thing. Like people really struggle with losing video games or even watching their sports team lose. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what goes on in you mentally, emotionally, when you're watching a Jaguars game? Um, it pretty much depends on what, who are playing. I guess like there's multiple factors, but it's primarily who we're playing. Because if we're playing teams that like, we should beat on paper, like the Commanders, or at the time the Giants, uh, and we lose to them in very close games that we should have won. It is like toying with my emotions because, like, I have expectations. We're in the lead. We should win this. All we have to do is, all we have to do is close, and then we don't. And so it, like, messes with, like, you. it's an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. What feelings do you feel? Like, do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel, what do you feel? I, I feel like it depends on how we lose. Most mm-hmm. of them are anger. But, like, if it's, like, we just beat the Baltimore Ravens, but it came down to a last-second potentially record-breaking field goal by the Ravens and had that made it that would have been more sadness than mm-hmm. anger because that was just like there there was nothing we could have done there mm-hmm. it's just the kicker did good yeah like it's not like we could have prevented that or stopped that mm-hmm. it was just like it is what it is type yeah. thing <laughs> but when it's a when we have the capabilities to win and we don't, then it becomes anger. Yeah. So I hear you saying we. Let's talk about your emotional investment in the team. Because when you talk about the Jaguars, you say we a lot. You say, like, as if you're somebody that's actually playing on the team. So talk about your emotional investment with the Jaguars uh on I'm pretty sure it was October 7th 2007 which is like 15 (laughs) years ago uh that was the day I decided I'd be a Jaguars fan I was like four I was about to turn five and I want to punch my four-year-old self in the face for that decision why Um, what was it that made you become a Jaguars fan (laughs) I'm a horrible person. That's what made me a Jaguars <laughs> fan. Every Sunday, my dad would have me. He would take me to John's Incredible Pizza, and we would watch the Chiefs play, which are his favorite team. And 
Uh, like, unless it was a select few teams, I would just always go for the other team. Because, like, I just thought that was funny. I was like, oh, <laughs> he, wa- he wants he wants the Chiefs to win. So it'd be funny if I want the other team to win. I'd do that, like, every week. And then the Jaguars won once, and, like, they just stuck with me. I was like, they're, they're the team. You're like, that's my team, that's right? That's my team right there. there. And it has been a long 15 years. <laughs> but on, on the bright side, you did get to go to Jaguar Stadium. So I that did. was fun. I did. You enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I've gone to three games, I think, and I haven't seen them win a single time. <laughs> once in now, once in Qualcomm Stadium, which is now rubble. Uh, once in Arrowhead Stadium, which my dad has a picture of me where I'm less than pleased <laughs> sitting next to him while he's having a big old grin, and. Uh, the uh game we went to in indy yep that was a lot of fun they lost yeah well they're they're all fun but like you want to see them win yeah (laughs) so tell me like what goes through your head let's just say in a given game i think i maybe already asked that i i I don't think so i think you asked if i uh, like how how you feel yeah so like what goes through my head in a given game is like, well, so the most common outcome, we lead the league, well, early, like a couple weeks ago, I know, we led the league in point differential in the first and third quarter, mm-hmm. we were like plus 11 points or something, but we were like one of the worst in the second and fourth quarter, so like we're... We have the physical capabilities to score. We can score, but we just, like, our our offense can score and our defense can show up, but, like, it just seems they can't close. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm pretty sure even though we have, we are four and seven, I'm pretty sure we have a positive point differential on the season. I'm pretty sure we're, like, plus, like, seven or something. We've scored seven more points than all our other opponents. But it's just like we lose those close games. Yeah. I'm pretty sure against the Raiders a couple weeks ago, that was our first win when the final score was within one, was within seven, seven or less. So let's touch on your... uh, like I guess like your emotional investment with not so much your how much you enjoy the, the team or how long you've been a fan of the team, but like your connection. Because like I said, you say we a lot as if you play on the team and you have any sort of control over what happens with regards to the team. Uh, talk to me about how I guess how it feels to be absent of control. Uh, I think it's like for in terms of the uh, saying we I think it's like because I've been a fan for so long Mm -hmm. it's like part of my like identity like that's like like people when I went to West Valley like people like 
one of the main things people knew about me was that I was a Jaguars fan. And, like, they, like, after the uh, 2017 AFC Championship when we lost to the Patriots, like, people came up to me and were like, you good? (laughs) But, like, not that I try to make it, like, my personality. Like, I want to have more personality than sports fan. But, like, that's, like, that's me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I've been a Jaguars fan so long, so, like, Without that, who are you? Type thing. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that, but it's like, I, I can't go back or like, pick a different team. It's just like, I've selected this team. This is my team. Mm-hmm. Like Nathan, he's, he's a Seahawks fan. He was originally a Lions fan, because of the colors, but like, cause he didn't have any, real. Like, investment he was like okay i'll i'm fine with picking the seahawks because mm-hmm. and even then he doesn't really have much of an investment in the seahawks like he'll be like if i'm like oh the seahawks won he'll be like cool and if i'm like oh they lost he's like all right whatever <laughs> so i like the difference between me and him are like interesting i guess Because, like, we're both very competitive. We're Mm -hmm. both... Very competitive. Very competitive. competitive. And, like, we both get... I don't want to say, like, mad very easy, but, like, when it's something we have control over, like, like sports, like, he plays baseball, Mm -hmm. and, like, he gets, like... (laughs) I don't know what the appropriate word to say is, but, like, when the ump makes a bad call, he'll, mm-hmm. like, get way more angry. Way, way angry. than he needs, <laughs> needs to be. But, like... But I think that's he, also the absence of control, because he has no control over what yeah, and I think, an ump calls. But I think that, like... Going, like, going a bit on the video games here. I don't want to stick on the video games too long because I know this is more about the sports. I think what's even worse than the complete absence of control, like, as a sports fan, is having control, but, like, having a third party able to affect that control. Mm-hmm. Like, alter that control. So, like, he can obviously, like, hit a home run or whatever, but if he gets thrown a ball that should lead to a walk like if it's full count a ball gets thrown but the umpire calls it a strike the umpire just took away his mm-hmm. uh uh control right so i feel like that is kind of worse to have your control taken from you in a scenario where you should have control mm-hmm. than just not having control at all yeah because when you're watching something that you have no control over, it feels more like a fixed outcome. Mm-hmm. But if you have control and someone takes that control from you, like it feels like an outcome that can be changed, but... Because of that factor. Of that, it feels like a fixed outcome, but you're so desperate to change it because you know you have control mm-hmm. that it... I feel like it's worse than 
just straight not having control. Yeah. So like really being robbed of the control that you should have in a, in a situation or a scenario. Like if you're playing against a a person in a video game and then something else comes in. Cause I mean, and I also think that in that type of situation, mentally you've kind of prepared for, okay, this is, this is likely going to be the outcome. And then you're heading on, one track and then it's like something kind of derails you from that that you did not mentally prepare for and and I kind of want to touch on that just a little bit because with you in particular I know that you like to have you like to know what's what's going on I, I see that Abby is a lot like that too where she wants to know what's going on she wants to know okay like to mentally prepare for things and as long as I can mentally prepare her for something like if we're going to go to Costco and she's not going to get a toy if I mentally prepare her for that she's fine and she doesn't have a tantrum but if I just take her into Costco and I don't say anything about not getting a toy and then she sees a toy and wants a toy and I say no it's just like she has mm. a a complete meltdown in the middle of cost like this literally happened middle middle of costco tantrums on the floor and i'm like you're definitely not getting anything like with this kind of attitude and and i mean it was just like full-blown screaming and i'm like trying to get her to calm down you know and not give her what she wants because i'm not going to give her what she wants in this moment but but I noticed like when I tell her, okay, we're going to go into this store. You're not going to get anything. So, so don't ask because the answer is going to be no. Then she's able to mentally prepare and she's able to process it in her head first. And she knows she's like, well, you know, we'll walk by the toys. And she's like, we're not getting a toy. And I'm like, you're right. We're not getting a toy. And she's okay. She can, she can handle it. But just that, that, you know, not being able to mentally prepare for something, I feel like she really struggles with and I know that you struggle with that too because if I tell you like hey we're gonna go to church at 9 a.m be ready you're fine but if I don't give you a kind of a heads up of what time you're leaving we're leaving and I'm like hey we're leaving in 30 minutes and you're just like I don't know and you're like you seem to be more upset in those situations than when I tell you the night before and you're able to actually prepare I think I I was gonna say while you were talking like not while you're talking but like while you're talking I was thinking I think it's a bit different for me maybe because she's just a toddler she's four right now. <laughs> um i think it's i was gonna say i think it's different because she needs to be prepared of a fixed outcome while mm-hmm. i will mentally prepare for like any outcome mm-hmm. like i'll be like all right we could like let's say we're going to a store and i want a video game or whatever not that we typically do, but, like, I'll prepare for yes and no. hmm But, like, thinking, like, about it, I don't think I do. I think I only really prepare for the yes, and I just suppress the reaction of no. Mm. And I think I'm telling myself I was prepared for it, but I don't think I truly was because I'm just, like, suppressing it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I do a lot of the time. Unless, like... Like, if I'm in a public place, I don't... I'm a very... You're not going to be on the floor throwing a <laughs> in the middle of I'm a very Costco. <laughs> introverted person. So I want, like, as minimal 
like live eyes on me like I'm fine with this I'm fine with being like recorded and posted for however many people to see but like if it's live I don't know why but that's just like like if I can actively see the eyes looking at me I don't know what it is but like it's it freaks me out like <laughs> so like I wouldn't never make a scene even if I'd want to like and I'm pretty sure I did back when I was little but even if I like really wanted whatever toy or video game I would be like all right she said no actually now that I think about it I don't think that you ever did like I don't like I can recall Nathan throwing tantrums like at the dentist I very vividly remember him throwing a tantrum at the dentist but I (laughs) he wanted his pacifier and I think you were getting your teeth clean. Like, it wasn't even for him. It was for oh. you. And we were just there waiting for you to be done. And and I vividly remember him throwing himself onto the floor and just having a full-blown tantrum. I don't recall you ever throwing a tantrum. And, like, you ever really making a scene. Now that I'm, like, now that you're talking about that and I'm, like, thinking back, I don't recall you ever really making a scene about anything. Maybe, like, maybe that was just, like, that's just how I am. Because, like, I've always wanted to, like, like, do, like, do the talent show or whatever at school. But, like, the thought of people seeing me and, like, me getting embarrassed in any capacity, even if I'm not going to get embarrassed, even Mm -hmm. if I'm, like, good at, like, whatever... I like it's just the potential of embarrassment preparation for possibility of embarrassment just freaks me out yeah and I think that's why I'm fine with this because you're like because I can edit it out (laughs) I can edit out the most embarrassing thing yeah like I I just freak out at the thought of getting embarrassed that's why I sit way back way in the back at church because like even though I know no one's eyes is going to be on me like just the thought that as I'm like in the front row yeah you're you're sitting out in the front row I'm as far back as possible but like yeah just I don't know what it is but like being way back there where like maybe two people can like see me is like I guess comforting because mm-hmm. like even though I know I'm our pastor's not gonna call me out <laughs> on like anything like I have a very over overactive imagination so mm-hmm. I like will come up with the most ridiculous of scenarios and I'll be like this is what's happening don't <laughs> don't do anything <laughs> so I'll like imagine like I like we have there was one instance where there was potential that Pastor Jeremiah was, I don't think he was necessarily calling me out, but like he was mentioning how like the church is relaxed if you don't show up in a suit and tie. Oh. And, and I, that was when I had my look like a homeless person phase and I wore literally like, I had hoodies on, I had a, 
I think a Chiefs jersey over there. I wore like two layers of sweats and slides. I was not dressed. And it was one of those things where like, I would rather have you in church looking like a homeless person than not have you in church. So I was just like, okay, this is what he's going to wear. He now wears jeans and tennis shoes and a shirt. (laughs) Well, I'll wear wear the Jaguars jersey if the Jaguars are playing. But like other other than that, I dress... I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're out of that that homeless looking face. And at that point, you had the long hair too to go with it. So it's just like, oh my gosh. But again, it was one of those things like, I would much rather just have you in church than not. So if you're going to come to church looking homeless, you're Mm -hmm. coming to church looking homeless. (laughs) Meanwhile, the rest of us are all dressed. Yeah. Normally. I, I mean, mean, not I even... I feel like you guys are... Well, like, I guess it is church, but, like, compared to, like, how the average person would dress, you guys dress better. I'm like, I'm in than... t-shirt and jeans practically every Sunday. But I'm also in the cafe, so... Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, before then, you'd wear, like, like at least, like, semi-formal stuff. <laughs> not even semi-formal. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the levels are of formality. <laughs> I don't know what's up. I would say that I'm like dressy casual. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know what that is. But yeah, I do remember that Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you said that, I was like, what? I was like, cool. I was like, like, yeah. I was like, evidently, I'm like a bum. And then I was like, wait a minute. Is he talking about me? Oh my gosh, I remember this Sunday. That was funny. That was really good. I think I probably even turned around to look for you. No, I think that was back when I sat with you guys. But like, I know, I think Lucas brought it up after church. I think, (laughs) I'm pretty sure he did. I think he mentioned it. It was a while ago, so I don't. Yeah, yeah, good times. But to be in my defense, in my defense of how I was dressed, um, it was during the polar vortex or whatever. It was uh, no, nah, it was after that. That was like was the span of like a couple days. After. Yeah. I well, think like, it, was, it was, I think it was 2020. So I think it was like shortly after we came back from, um, lockdown. No, it was before that. It was way before that. It was before 2020. It was either the year of the polar vortex or the year after. The year after it would have been 2020 because polar vortex happened in 2019. I thought it was. It was like January, February, nineteen. I thought it was the first winter we were here. Yeah, but it was in January, the end of January, early February. Well, the winter after. But anyway, yeah, totally was, off topic of sports grief. Cold. It was super cold, <laughs> and I was dressed up warm. I had like four layers of hoodies, three layers of sweats. I was cozy. Cozy in church. Mm. <laughs> okay, back to back to the sport. Yeah, I have <laughs> no great. idea how we got there. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, because you said you don't like to be, you don't I, like I to have a whole like lot of attention. Potentially, yeah, I don't like the potential potentialness of embarrassment. Yeah, don't know how if that's a word. Get, how did we even get there? <laughs> you were talking about. I I don't know. Control. No, you're talking about. <laughs> Preparing for outcomes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And watching games or playing video games. And yeah. Okay. So back on track. Back on track. <laughs> um, but this is all good. This is all good. Um, so 
absence of control. Um, how, how does that make you feel? I, uh, I don't, I don't like, like, I don't hate it, I guess. Like, I'm fine with not being in control of a situation, but I like, like, like you said with Abby, I like being filled in Mm -hmm. of, like, if I'm not having control, but someone's telling me, like, this is what's, this is what's happening, this is how everything is gonna go down, I'm fine with that, but, like, in in sports every play is different Mm -hmm. there's the defense will line up different offense will come out in a different formation so there's no real predictability Mm -hmm. in it and there's very few situations where you can actually predict what's going to happen like as a human like you can like if a kicker, like, just the average kicker is lining up to kick, like, a 30-yard field goal. You could be like, all right, he's going to make this. That's that's pretty safe to assume. It's probably got, like, a 97% chance of making it. And then if you move it back to, like, the 55 mark, you could be like, okay, he's most likely going to miss this. That I'm fine with. If, like, if it's a deep kick and I'm like, all right, he's likely going to miss I've predicted for the outcome of this, and I'll be pleasantly surprised if he makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the opposite scenario where you're like, okay, he's in a scenario where he can easily make this, and then he doesn't, then it's it's taken away the little predictability of it out, mm-hmm. and it, like... It's like it's just curveball that like kind of messes me up. Mm-hmm. So, like it's not about I think about the control. I think it's more about the, for me at least. I, I for some people, I think for a majority of people it might be the absence of control, but for me personally, I think it's the absence of predictability. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure predictability is a word. And I think so. So let's go ahead and start um, wrapping up. But I wanted to give three tips to help with navigating it. First is just acknowledging your emotions. Like I think, like you mentioned, you tend to suppress your feelings, your disappointments. I think that it's good to acknowledge like, hey, I'm disappointed. This made me upset. Because I think there's so much value in talking things out and just working through your feelings. Because... Oftentimes when we suppress so much, then it's just this this weight within us that kind of like holds us down. But if we're able to talk about it in like even this, like dialoguing about, you know, what's what's going on in your head and just the things that you're thinking and feeling, like you're actually able to be kind of freed from it. And so the weight of all of this stuff that you've suppressed can can really start to be alleviated and you may not feel the weight of it so much and I think that that's so important and you know whether you can talk to you can always talk to me you know that or talk to somebody else that you feel comfortable with or even even getting a counselor like I think that therapy is such a great thing but it's one of those things where you have to be ready to 
do the process of healing and talking it out. Otherwise, if you're just like sitting there twiddling your thumbs with a therapist, it's it's pointless. So having that. Did you I want to think, say? yeah, I think that like the issue with like talking with you or like someone else or like even a therapist is like, I think you, like you don't watch sports mm-hmm. like at all. So like you wouldn't understand like I feel like you wouldn't understand and I feel like it'd just be going for you like just in one ear and out the other so like I'd want to talk to somebody who'd understand but like I said I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. and like I'd rather not talk to people (laughs) so like it's rough to find a middle ground yeah but even if I don't understand necessarily the sports aspect of it I do love and care for you and I do want you to feel better and freed from the weight of all of this. And at the end of the day, it's not so much the 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 sports, it's the way that it makes you feel, you know, and that's something that we could easily talk through and work through. Um, you know, the second thing I want to say, don't stuff your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's really, it's really not healthy. It just, you know, again, weighs you down. It stresses your body out unnecessarily. And then just finding um, different things to help you release that frustration or that anger that are healthy. No throwing your bed. No breaking remotes, breaking your phone, you know, stuff like, stuff like this. Um, punching your pillow, that's fine. Um, but maybe just going for a walk or, you know, finding healthy ways to release that, you know, that aggression or the frustration. Um, because the biggest, you know, the biggest thing is you want to do things in a healthy manner that not only help you, but don't hurt you and don't hurt those around you. Yeah. I, I feel like I do a good job of that. Maybe, maybe not in the hurting myself aspect but like I wouldn't like just I feel like I wouldn't just attack Nathan like he'll annoy me and like I'll typically take it out on like some inanimate object near me Mm -hmm. but sometimes I do like punch my leg or like if I'm playing video games I'll hit myself with the controller but like other than that, I feel like I do a good job on taking it out on non-living things. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Next me <laughs> no, you won't stop. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else that you want to add before we close? Uh, no, I think that is it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for bringing this to my attention because honestly, it created a a dialogue for us to kind of talk about this and work that work through this for you. So, and who knows how many other people um, might be helped because of you brought this to my attention. So thank you so much. Remember, goodbyes are not guaranteed. I hope that this podcast watered your life so you can grow in grief today. If you have something that you would like to bring to my attention for us to talk about on this podcast, please email me at growingrief at gmail.com. Thank you.